You want your five star matches? You want your thirty minute classics? Not me. Big meaty man slapping me. Good ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Just got done watching NXT Deadline. So I'm going to do my immediate reviews to Deadline. Um, but before that, there was another pay-per-view today. It was ROH Final Battle. Um... And I didn't watch it, didn't care about it. It was a 4 o'clock show. It was a weird start time on a Saturday show. Just weird, right? Um, and so I didn't watch it. I didn't necessarily care about it. But I do want to talk about So I'm not going to talk about the booking decision. I don't care about the booking decisions. I will just say one thing, though. Claudio is your world champion. Y'all really think that's going to pass the buck? You really think that's gonna move the needle? I don't. Um, I think I think ROH is set to be forgettable like it has been and will be for the immediate future if, if something doesn't change. Claudio's boring to me. I'm sorry. Um, he has no charisma. He's about as bland as a as a as a piece of toast. Right? But like I said, I'm not gonna critique the booking outside of I don't agree with some of the decisions, but I don't necessarily care about the booking of ROH because I don't Intend to watch ROH. But what I do want to talk about is the business decisions that Tony Khan has made for ROH and how I just think like it's laughable. You've spent the last like three months now building up ROH, taking AEW TV time, right? To build your brand, to promote your championships, to 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 put, you know, and build the stories for this this final pay per view, and you release in the media scrum, right? That you you don't even have a TV deal. Hey, you want to watch ROH? You got to pay eight ninety nine to get an app, and you you can watch ROH TV. Right, and there's going to be some New Japan stuff probably on there. But guess what? And then this is where I laugh. You still got to pay $59 on Bleacher Report to get the pay-per-views. Unless you want to wait 90 days. And if you wait 90 days post the pay-per-view, then you can watch it on Honor Club, which is the name of the the app that to- of what it's going to be called. Right? So Tony Khan spent three months basically ruining Dynamite because he focused so hard on ROH, which people obviously didn't care about. And I think the networks recognized, hey, they don't care about Dynamite. 
because they're showing ROH. And since they don't care about ROH, we're not going to give it a deal. So, Tony, you got to figure some other way to, to, to promote this. So you get an app and you pay an extra $8. And I already know what the the AEW marks are going to, to say in response to this. Oh, will you guys pay for Peacock? Two different things. Two completely different things. Right? Because let's break down. Let's break down what you get on the two services. Let's break down what you get on the two services. So let's start with Honor Card or Honor, whatever the fuck, Honor Club, whatever the fuck they're naming it, right? You pay eight ninety nine. You get l- the live shows, which I'm assuming will be live, but knowing how this deal sort of turned out, it could be pre-taped shows where they tape like a month in advance or whatever. But I'm assuming they're going to be live shows. You'll get past shows. You, you'll probably get the whole ROH library, um, which is why Tony Khan really wanted to buy that. Um, you'll probably get All In, the first ever little show before AEW even started. Um, and then you'll get, of course, the live shows now. You'll get 90 days <coughs> Excuse me, after they air, you'll get the pay-per-views to rewatch. Um, unless, and I actually read into it, unless you want to pay, so you could pay the monthly amount, which is $8.99 a month. Um, and that gives you sort of like the standard plan. So $8.99 a month, you got to assume taxes, but we won't, we won't put in taxes for it for 12 months, right? That's about... <coughs> Excuse me, about $107.88 monthly. If you want to pay the go-ahead, pay the yearly price, it's like $99 for the yearly price, so you save about $10. Or they offer, I don't know, like a VIP plan where you pay like $120 yearly. And I think what that does is it gives you the free access to the pay-per-views like live. Um which I think is what a lot of people are going to do. Um, and so you'll see a lot of, of, of pay-per-view buys go down, I think. Um, but I just think it's sad that you've spent three months building a brand, building a promotion on your other show, right? And... You've built this because because let's let's not pretend like Tony Khan hasn't booked ROH as it's a separate brand, right? Because anytime I would go in to say, "Oh, ROH is the NXT of AEW," no, 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 they're two separate brands. The AEW drones, you guys have consistently said. That ROH is its own brand completely separated. But Tony goes in and books books it on his AEW show. He spends valuable TV time that he couldn't have gotten anybody else 
on AEW's roster over with. And he gives it to the ROH talent. And you do all of that. You you completely tank your ratings. Let's not act like the ratings went from like 1.1 million to now you're barely hitting like 850,000. Let's not pretend like that's not because you're showing consistently ROH programming. And a lot of people find that boring. Let's not like... Like, let's not pretend like that's not what's happening. Because that's exactly what's happening. And you get an app that you have to pay for? Come on now. How long are y'all going to continue to suck Tony Khan's dick? Before you realize he's playing you. He's got to re- he's got to recoup his money somehow. So he's going to charge you guys an arm and a leg just to watch live TV. I'm sorry, I'll pass. Um... It's crazy to me. And then still force you guys. Like, oh, it's the same as Peacock. No, no, because we've, we've broken down what you get with Honor Club. But what do you get with Peacock? Well, you pay, if you want, zero ads throughout, like, commercial breaks and stuff. It's it's nine ninety nine. If you are okay with ads as part of your, your experience, I'm pretty sure it's still four ninety nine. I could be wrong. Um, but let's just say you go with the the nine ninety nine options. You pay a dollar more than Honor Club a month. You get all the premium live events live. You don't have to wait ninety days. You get them live. We're, we essentially don't pay. That's why I think WWE stopped calling it a pay per view. We're not paying for that show. We we pay like a hundred dollars a year. Right, we're not paying for that show. We're paying for the service of Peacock, which is already paid WWE. Right? So that's why WWE does these type of deals. Because the idea is Peacock pays WWE to use its service. Right? And, and in return, the fans of WWE pay to use Peacock. And then that's how Peacock sort of recuperates its money. Because let's say they pay it a billion dollars. I don't even know how much the contract was for. But let's say they pay him a billion dollars over five years, right? And, you know, 500 million subscribers, and it's not that many. It's probably like 2 million. But let's just say it's 2 million subscribers um, just for WWE subscribe to Peacock and they're paying $10 a month and you have 2 million of them well that's $20 million a year that you're earning from the WWE fans who only subscribe to watch WWE that's not even forgetting the fact you have other people who subscribe to Peacock for everything but WWE so for $10 a month I get my premium live events I get all of the WWE Network library. I get all of the Peacock programming. Right? So I get a thousand times better value for my money than what Tony Khan is offering you to watch ROH. And then you still got to pay him $50, $60 a month to watch pay-per-views on Bleacher Report. That's insane to me. That's an, that's a bad business decision. 
Like, not only do you tank your own ratings of your number one show, but the reason you tanked them was because you showed ROH and you don't get nothing out of it. You get a shitty show from everything that I've heard and seen that it it was a very indie glorified show, which to me, that's not going to sell, dude. Tony, it's not going to sell to the mainstream audience. You're, you're not going to sell casual or mainstream entertainment fans on the idea of pro wrestling when you when you play these indie indie games where where you have spot fest and you have you know blood in every match and you have false finishes and and you're not going to sell the crowd on that. You're not going to sell more people to watch your programming. And it shows in your ratings. When you go balls deep. Excuse me. When you go balls deep to um, try to appease a certain group in the audience. Namely the hardcore fans. the rest of the market that you could have won completely gets alienated and they leave. It's just a bad business decision, right? You don't book your show for the hardcore fans that will watch no matter what, because they're there no matter what you book your show and you put, you promote your business towards the people who aren't watching so that you can get them watching that's how you run a business, right? Especially in the entertainment industry. Because if you have the hardcore fans, you're going to have them no matter what. You're not going to lose your hardcores, Tony, if you stop putting on spot fast and bloodbaths. They're going to stay, I promise you. But you get a very glor- indie glorifying show and... I would say the number one star of your company, which is FTR, loses again, loses the ROH Tag Team Champions, which I think will set up a tour of them dropping the belts. I think this starts a tour of them dropping the belts. They'll have no titles. I think they'll disappear. And at some point towards the end of this year, uh, or the end of 2023, or... At some point in 2023, I think we'll see FDR back in WWE. I th- I think we'll see that. Um, because especially with Triple H involved, the revival will get pushed. Um, the revival will be in the picture. They will be used correctly. Triple H loved those guys on NXT. Anyway, this is the review show. I'm done ranting. Um, so we're going to break down <clears throat> NXT deadline. So I said on my preview episode where I was making my predictions that um, I was expecting this to be like a C-plus show, maybe a B-minus, but I wasn't expecting it to blow me away. So it's a little bit higher than a B B minus. It's a I would give it a B plus. It didn't blow me out of the water, 
Um, it, but it had its high points. It, it, they were very good matches. I'll talk about what I liked and don't like about each match. All right. Um, <clears throat> so a big thing I, I tried to focus on, I don't know if I talked about it in my preview show, but I know I talked about it amongst myself, um, you know, preparing for the show, the actual event today, was match order. And I was trying to figure out what would be the best way to put on, put to, you have five matches, right? What would be the best way to 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 start the show? Where where would you place the matches? And I was one hundred percent spot on for everything except the two uh, Iron Challenge matches. I had them flip flop. I assumed the men were going to start um, because it, I felt it was going to be a more high-intensity match. Um, and it turns out I was right. We'll, we'll go over the matches. But the, men, the men's match just looked like it was going to be better from the competitors in it. Right? But they started with the women's. And, I, I, and when I was talking with myself, I said, okay, you start with one of them. Um, and then... You do Alba Fires match, you get that out of the way. We'll talk about why I say that. You put on the tag team match third, you put on the other Iron Challenge fourth, and then you put on your main event with Braun Breaker. Right? And so they started with the female, the the women's Iron Challenge, um, Survivor, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um Remember, in my preview, I said either Zoe Starks or Cora Jade was going to win. I was wrong. Roxanne won. Now, she was the one I really didn't want to win. Because I don't see what everyone likes about her. Until today. So, I'm not really upset with the with the uh, the finish. But this is exactly what we're getting with Roxanne Perez. Sasha Banks is leaving. And Roxanne's going to take her place. The backstabber is essentially the bank statement, right? They are replacing Sasha Banks with Roxanne Perez. And I'm a thousand percent completely okay with that. I think Roxanne's probably better in the ring, at least, in my opinion. Um, and to me, Roxanne's better to look at. And I know that's not everything in the women's division, but it, it stands for something, right? Um, so Roxanne, I think, will either go on and beat Mandy... Or she'll lose and move to the main roster. We'll get something like that. I don't really necessarily know. I'm not trying to, to book that out. I'm not upset with it. I just... I don't know. What are the, what are you doing with Cora now? Because Cora doesn't seem to really have direction. Kiana, what, I think the thing that really pissed me off the most is that Kiana didn't get a, a, a fall. But I felt like she was the star of that match. She 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 did a lot. She really impressed me in this match. Kiana James, I I, I told you on our best of twenty twenty two show, someone to look out for in twenty twenty three is Kiana James. Now it also disappointed me. So on the kickoff show, they sort of uh, built upon um, Brooks Jensen being there after being invited by her, but they didn't build on it on the actual show which disappointed me just a little bit. Um, not a lot, but you know, I wish they would have built on that a little bit more, maybe had her distracted 
um, by him um, rather than, you know, just that, like she didn't get a fall. And there wasn't a reason why she didn't get a fall. I thought she should, like, it would have been okay if she would have just gotten one pinfall. You set up like a five way tie. And, but I think the, this match really set the bar high for the show and for the men's match. Um, and it, it was executed well. Um, and, and I hope it becomes a mainstay in NXT. Sort of one of those things NXT gets to call its own. We move to Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because I'll be honest, I didn't care about this match. The build was awful. The match was awful. Um, I, and the reason the match was awful to me was because the build was awful. You didn't give me a reason to care to watch this match. I don't understand the story other than Isla Dawn attacked Alba Fire during her title match at Halloween Havoc. But that's not a reason to, to fight somebody. Right? <laughs> um, the ref basically died in the ring. Isla Dawn ended up winning. And I don't necessarily think anyone benefited from this match. It was, it was a pretty bad match, if you ask me. No one got over to me in this match. Right? Alba Fire was this fucking beast of a woman in NXT UK. She comes over to NXT in the, in the, in the United States and she can't win a damn match to save her life. And so what's the point of having her here? Right? I don't know why I should care about Alba Fire. I don't know why I should care about Isla Dawn. You haven't given me a reason to care about them. Right? And so because I don't care about them, we're done talking about them. The match was asked to me. If this match would have been better, this probably would have been an A show. Um, but this match really was the low point for me. Um, we then get um, some vignette. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still battling the itis. Uh, um, or so I think. I don't know, it doesn't matter. But just bear with my cough here. Um, we get this promo vignette for January 10th. Don't know what it is, but it looks like it's Tiffany Stratton. They didn't show the face, but it looked like it was Tiffany Stratton. Um, later in the show, they they tell us what it is. Um, January 10th, it is a Tuesday, um, will be New Year's Evil. Now, it's very weird that they would do this the second Tuesday of the year rather than, you know, to start the year with it. I don't know. On the third or something. Or... Um, but so New Year's Evil on the 10th of January, it is a Tuesday show. Um, and so I think that's probably going to be the date Tiffany Stratton comes back. They showed some new girl. I forgot her name was going to debut, um, Tyra Valkyrie or something like that. Um, but, um, so yeah, so. We then get to the tag team match, which I'm going to go ahead and say is match of the night. Now, it had its indie feel. This felt a lot like Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks to me. The very independent scene, uh, gimmicky matches. Not really gimmicky, but flippy floppy matches. It wasn't bad, and it was definitely the best match on the card. 
But if we could just remove back just a little bit of the stupidness. I get the honor to Eddie with the toss the belt and fall. But did we really have to do it like seven times and then have all four on the floor? That was dumb to me. That was That's very independent scene wrestling. And it, it for me, like to me, I sat there and watched and I was like, that's fucking stupid. Right? It, it questions my intelligence. Like the intelligent person in me says, well, that, well, that will never happen. Because if, if I'm the referee, the first person I heard hit the ground, I'm turning around. Right? I'm not like, like the ref looked fucking dumb and out of place during this whole thing. And that's my problem with independent wrestling is you have people like the refs having to look dumb. And they basically have to wait till the till the spot is over before they can act normal again. Or you have like the wrestlers sitting there waiting for like 30 seconds trying to catch you. And it just looks weird. It slows the match down. It questions the intelligence. Like, come on. Like, like, and then you wonder why people call the shit fake. Because you guys make it look fake as shit. Right? In the 90s, everyone knew it was fake. But it didn't look fake. That's why you could, you know, you could expand your horizons of your imagination to say, you know what, Austin just beat the shit out of Vince McMahon in the hospital. But we knew it was fake. We knew it wasn't real. We knew it was television. But this new independent scene style wrestling where like people sit there and you have like, you do like a five person ladder match. And you have, like, the one person on the top of the ladder. And you have all four of them just standing there like idiots looking up at him while getting while he's getting himself balanced to attack them. And then you wonder why people call it fake. Because you guys make it look fake as shit. Right? And so stuff like this, it bothers me. We don't need that in WWE. I don't necessarily care that the New Day came and won the titles. Because that, that's fine. It's not a bad thing because it can definitely set up a new champion, a new tag team. Um, I definitely see someone like uh, Malik played in um, Idris and them f- f- having banger of a matches with the New Day. That's, that's fine. I just, this, this can't be <clears throat> like long-term, like, 200 days as champion. You can't have that. Um, it also makes it feel like Triple H has said, you know what? NXT is not developmental anymore. We're going to put our main stars on this show. And it's going to be the third brand. And we're going to treat it like the third brand. But it's still developmental, Trips. It's still developmental. Right? <coughs> I mean, it, it, having... I understand someone like Mandy Rose because she wasn't a top star on the main roster, probably should have never been caught up. right? So I understand Mandy Rose. And I even would understand someone like Dolph Ziggler or Apollo Crews who had nothing to do, was not in any title pictures. So sure, let's come down and challenge in NXT. But from like a storybook mode, like the New Day was just battling for the tag team championships. They're the top of the SmackDown tag division. Other than the Usos. 
So what 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 is their what is their motivation to come down? Because they haven't won the NXT championship. Why would you, as fourteen time or whatever time tag champions, with the second now second longest run in WWE history as tag team champion, why would you even want to demote yourself to win that championship, unless you want to put into the minds of the fans. That this is just as good as Raw and SmackDown. This isn't developmental. But it is. Because everyone else on the roster is developmental. I think there's maybe three people on the NXT roster who shouldn't be on NXT. Um, Probably four. So, t- well, total six. But Toxic Attraction shouldn't be on NXT. <coughs> Uh, Braun Breaker shouldn't be on NXT. Carmelo probably shouldn't still be in NXT. Um, and then Indy Hartwell. So that's like seven people. The rest of them, they're still in developmental. Right? So it's not a third brand. It's your developmental brand. It would be like me sending down my 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 best defenseman on my NHL hockey team to... My AHL developmental team, because he's never played in developmental hockey, and and he never played AHL hockey. He never scored a goal down there. But you're the best player in the NHL team, so why would you want to go down and score a goal in the AHL where everyone else you're playing against is in development? Does that you see what I'm saying? It doesn't make sense for the New Day to win these championships. For the reason of, I just, we want to become a triple crown champion. Why would you want to win the third brand's ch- championship? Why would you want to win developmental's championship? You see, you see what I'm saying? Um, moving on, we get to the men's iron challenge survivor, whatever. The, I don't even know the name of the match. It doesn't really matter to me. Um, you get McDonough and Axiom, which I'm completely over. Axiom. I don't get the gimmick. I don't. Um, I don't like his style. We all know it's A-Kid. Take the damn mask off. Um, and have him... He's he's an AEW-style wrestler. He, do, he just doesn't fit in, in WWE-style programming. But with Triple H at the helm, I think he does fit. Because Triple H wants that... AEW style, that indie style, that ROH style to be WWE style, right? And so that's why someone like an Axiom gets pushed. But I don't see him as anything good, if I'm honest. Um, and hit, so Axiom and JD McDonough. You know, they do their, their little thing for the five minutes. And it's nothing, like, special. But then Carmelo comes out third. And he comes out hot. And, again, nothing really happened. You had some falls. I think, uh, was it Mc, Mc, McDonough who got the first fall on Axiom? And then, uh, all right, and then Waller came out. And Waller... No, no, no. Or was it Carmelo? So someone got the first one. It doesn't really matter to me. 
But anyway, Wilder came out at four with about, what, 15 minutes left in the show or in the match. And immediately gets two falls, puts him in the lead. Um, And then Gacy comes out at five and he starts taking over. He gets two falls. And now I'm sitting here like, what the hell? Right? And Gacy, I'll say this about Gacy. I like the gimmick work that he did. I like his promo work, but I was never really a big fan of him in the ring. And a lot of it was because he sort of wore the, the pants and the in the dress-up shirt while he was wrestling, and I just wasn't a fan of that. But seeing him come out today and just wearing the tights, and he was like Joe Gacy that we knew and uh, that we could get, I'm not saying all of these indie guys are bad. And I'm not saying we can't have spot fest. This Iron Survivor Challenge was a spot fest from hell, but that's what you get from a gimmick match. That's what you're supposed to get from the gimmick utilizing the gimmick, and that's what they did with this match. Um, and it was fun, and it was entertaining. And Joe Gacy, uh, <coughs> like, I gained a new, like, oh, I actually like Joe Gacy in ring ability. He has some. He's good in the ring. And and so um, I really didn't care about any of the finishes, about, like, I don't care who w- wins the match. I really wanted Carmelo to do it. Um, but anyway, what ended up happening is you had Axiom getting two falls. So you had Axiom, Axiom, uh, Carmelo, Gacy, and Waller both at two falls. McDonough at zero. Um, and you, you we're getting to, like, the final, like, minute. And Waller picks up. With like 30 seconds to go in the match, he picks up his third fall off of a move that Carmelo Hayes did. Carmelo Hayes did his finisher, gets pulled out of the ring by by Waller, who then pins, I think it was Axiom, who he did it on, who then pins Axiom, gets the third fall, and then just he starts getting chased by everyone, and he basically it's just play play keep away, right? And, and Grayson Waller wins, which is the surprise of the night to me. I did not see him having a chance. I said on my preview show that I thought he was only in the match for the entertainment value and the comedy gimmick, but this dude won. And and I, I'm not upset with it. It's actually quite hilarious. It's, it's funny. And then we get the main event. Solid match. You know, it, they're basically the same two guys. And that's what they were trying to put up there. And then Apollo did that thing where he like closed his eyes, and then when he reopened them, he was a completely different guy. He had like his vision, and it, that was like the flip, the switch that flipped, um, which was okay. I don't know. But then Braun Breaker ends up winning, retaining, which is what I figured would happen. Um, and then you end the night with Grace and Waller. Jumping from behind Braun Breaker holding the title. Saying, this is my house. Um, And, yeah. That's a pretty decent way to end the show. Pretty decent way to end that show. Um, I can't wait till Friday when tickets for Vengeance Day here in Charlotte drop. I'm I'm buying tickets. I'm going to the show. I'm sorry. I I, I, I like this. I, I saw someone's opinion... 
that NXT should stop premier live events. I disagree. I think that it makes like the takeover events make NXT to me because you always get your best shows, right? The, the weekly stuff tends to get a little boring if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, that's my review, man. Uh, I, again, it wasn't a bad show. It was a pretty, pretty good show. It was a, it was a B plus show and had the Alba fire Isla. I see. See, I say Isla Dawn, not Isla Dawn cause I'm retarded, but had the Isla Dawn and, uh, uh Alba fire match actually been something that was built for me to care about. And what, if it was a better match, then it probably would have been an A minus A A show, A plus potentially. Like it was a pretty decent show, um, and a good way to end 2022. Now we still got a few more weeks of actual TV, um, but I mean this was a this was a fun show to end the the premiere live event schedule, um. So, with that being said, let me know what you guys think. Uh, um, you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at We2Deep413. That's W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. We2Deep413. Um, this has been the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you on the next episode.